0: I have a question for you. Have you ever done or thought about doing a silent meditation retreat? When I say the words silent meditation retreat, who wants to run screaming? (laughs) Because if you do, you're not alone. I always thought of it as one of the most terrifying things you could do. But I don't think I articulated it quite that clearly to myself. I just managed to avoid it by being like, that's crazy. Because the, the versions I'd always heard of were... Called Vipassana retreats. And maybe you're familiar with these, but those are super strictly set up where you go to a retreat center for ten days, they take your stuff, they take your notebook, your books, your phone, your ID your ID card, you know, whatever. And you're there just you sitting all day for various lengths of meditation silent meditations. And it's really hard on the body, for one thing. Everybody always talks about how it killed their knees or their back or whatever, because you don't move and you sit in this particular position and it's very strict. So traditional Vipassana style is very strict. And the, the idea is you're just there to focus on the breath, to let go of everything else and to practice this discipline of just focusing on the breath. And it's intense, obviously. Ten days of that. Whew. You get up at like four in the morning and start. It's crazy. It's crazy not crazy, not actually crazy, but it's, it's pretty intense. I had the opportunity at the end of 2020 of doing an online silent meditation retreat. And it was set up to be, you know, the mornings are your own, which I would spend going for nature walks. So I did it with a friend outside of Barcelona in her lovely apartment, which is on the edge of the woods. So we'd go for nature walks in the morning and we were mostly silent. And then in the afternoon, we would hop online on Zoom with this retreat center. I'll put it in the show notes. It's called Escuela Transpersonal, and it's uh, in Madrid. And so it's in Spanish. If you speak Spanish or if you can understand Spanish, there's not much talking going on, as you can imagine, with a silent retreat. But they do a a fantastic job of facilitating this. So we would hop online and do just a little body warm-up to get into our bodies in the early afternoon before they would a little gong, and we would sit for 45 minutes in silence, you know, in our separate locations. We had a lot of people in South America, we had people in Spain, my friend and I are here in Barcelona, and so we would do 45 minutes, and then you sort of walk for 10 minutes in silence, 5 minutes actually, and then you sit for another 45 minutes, and then you get a 10 minute break. To just be in silence and reflect and get yourself a cup of tea or whatever. And then you do two more 45-minute sits. So it's not the full-on Vipassana experience, but it was still, believe me, intense between Christmas and New Year 2020. And it was a truly beautiful experience. It was so beautiful, first of all, to share it with people, to share it with my friend in person, but also to share this thing online with people in other parts of the world who... You know, we didn't even speak except for a reflection bit at the end and midway through. And it was intense how connected we were. But it was also intense to just spend that much time in silence with myself not giving myself the usual outlets of writing much or of being busy or of being on my phone because it's always easy to justify things like, oh, I'm just reaching out to other people, keeping in touch. Nah, all of that was stripped away. So it was definitely a discomfort practice. So I'm about to do it again this year between Christmas and New Year of 2021. And when you're listening to this, it will be long past. I just wanted to sit and reflect a little bit before I go into this retreat and then record the other half of this solo on the other side of my silent meditation retreat. So if you've ever been curious about such things, or maybe you've gotten curious with me talking about it, I'm going in simply with the intention of creating space to see what needs to come up. Because in the busyness of our daily lives, and this year has been incredibly busy for me, which has been a beautiful thing, but it means I haven't had as much time as I would like to reflect, to just be. And by this end of the year, every year, by the end of the year, I've always kind of, I'm exhausted. Probably a lot of you can relate. I'm exhausted. I'm spun out. The weather is crap because it's winter in the Northern Hemisphere. And I just, I, I just kind of get stuck in the on position. I'm kind of on autopilot and that makes it a lot harder to have sort of deep rich reflections because my downtime is like just trying to decompress from finishing my academic year from scrambling to get some projects done or lined up before the holidays hit and everybody's offline and all of that. So last year this time I found gave me real peace. It was like allowing my mental washing machine to spin and then stop. Because Sitting for 45 minutes at a stretch, knowing that there are more sits coming, gives you a chance to just observe yourself spinning out sometimes and just keep breathing, just keep coming back to the breath. But it was a chance to have a mental clear out. I got clarity on a few things. And what I learned from the experience was that you can never set an intention for what you want clarity on. I mean, you can, but what's going to come up is just what's going to come up. I got surprised by a few things, but what it did was it helped me to sort of... It was like running a dredger, you know, in a canal, where you just kind of... You clear it out. You clear the way for things to flow more easily. There were definitely some surprises in there. There were definitely some things that it was just a gentle push to be like, It's time. It's time to let go of this recurring thought pattern, or this need to push yourself to always be self-improving or evolve. You know, some grudges some real joy actually it cleared the way for joy because 2021 has been a really phenomenal year for me in terms of my personal life my working life and I do see that that is directly related to this time that I took at the end of 2020 to have a clear up to sit and see what came up so I'm about to do it again with the same friend Hello, Marta. And this year, we're doing it at my apartment in the center of Barcelona. But we're both in a very different place than we were last year. Last year, we needed quiet and being a bit away from things. And this year, we're looking forward to sort of going for our morning nature walks up Montjuic, the mountain just next to my house, and maybe being a bit chattier, allowing ourselves to not be completely silent in the mornings that we have free and and I'm looking forward to seeing what this time holds for me this year, because now I treasure it. Now I understand that it's special. As I introduce what I'm about to do, I just want to ask you again, what do you think of a silent meditation retreat? Just listen to your body right now. Is there anywhere in you that reacts with excitement or anxiety? Follow that. That's what's telling you that maybe this is actually something for you. And remember that It's not scary because whatever's down there waiting to come up is part of you. So by allowing the things that we maybe unconsciously avoid to come into the light, to come up, we can heal them. We can recognize them. We can see that there's nothing so scary deep down inside our psyche that it will kill us. It's there to be loved and recognized. There are things that need to come up for us to let go of them to truly step into our superpowers. So this is definitely a big plug for having a discomfort practice and sometimes really moving toward it, setting up explicitly space to sit in discomfort. Literally, I'm going to sit in discomfort. My body will be aching after this much meditation sitting on a cushion. I know, though, that what's going to come from it is going to be beautiful and rich. And maybe there will be some things that are sad or hard, but that's all part of the process. So I am looking forward to updating you from the other side. And I would just encourage you, if this draws you, if this repels you in particular, it's telling you something. It's telling you that it's time to do this. Move toward the scary. Find a silent meditation retreat Online or near you, or a place that you want to go visit. And it doesn't have to be a hardcore Vipassana 10 days in silence thing. It can just be just go on a meditation retreat or go to a meditation center. But I challenge you to set aside a big chunk of time for this, to make time for it. Never wait for time to do uncomfortable things because that will never happen. You have to make the time, but find something. And again, I'm going to put in the show notes the link to Escuela Transpersonal here in Spain. Just find something. So keep listening. And in a few moments, you will hear me reflecting from the other side of this silent meditation retreat. Well, hello from the other side of my meditation retreat. This year's retreat was every bit as intense as the retreat last year, but it was was not as silent. So my friend Marta and I who did the retreat together last year were just in a very different place and it was wonderful because we found we were actually in very a very different place together. So we were in this container of meditation retreat together and last year we were both processing a lot. Last year we were processing, well, 2020, which was a shocker of a year for pretty much everybody alive. But also, you know, we were I was processing not having really worked all year which had really cleared the way for me to just be rather than be about doing and defined by my doing. Marta was processing a heartbreak, grieving a big breakup. And it was just a really, it was a time when we both needed to be quiet. We were both in the dark, more or less in the birth canal (laughs) of what we now know, looking back at what was a very beautiful and joyful 2021 for us. But that silence that we stayed in, in our retreat last year, was just necessary. It set us up for a really beautiful 2021. And retrospect is beautiful. I talked about it in my last solo episode about taking the time to look back and appreciate. And you really can only see things clearly in retrospect. Now I sort of understand the necessity of the silence that I was in last year in my my post-holiday meditation retreat. It was a time to just really stop the doing. And I needed to do it at a really intense level like that. And it set me up to love myself more than I ever have this year to act as if I truly love myself to make work decisions and life decisions as if I'm my own best friend. And in my case, it led to my manifesting the best romantic partnership I've ever experienced. So that was my 2021. I manifested and drew to myself, magnetized to myself without ever really advertising for it, the most rewarding and impactful work I've done in all of my career. So what came up was so clearly the other side of having done a lot of deep, heavy work last year, but also for the past 10 years, in which I've really looked at and healed things like childhood wounds and trauma And limiting beliefs around who I can be and what I can do and and being trapped in recurring narratives about things like not deserving love or always being abused by authority, which then sort of drew a lot of bullies into my life. So what came up this year was was very, very different. So just talking about those things I've just name checked, you know, childhood wounds, trauma, they're heavy things. and, And it's taken a long time to clear those things, to work on them, to heal them. And they take time. So, last year, now I see was kind of a culmination of a lot of that work. And it's beautiful to look back and be able to say that. So, what came up this year was joy actually, joy. Last year was the first time I'd done such an intense retreat where I was sitting in silence basically five hours a day. And that in itself was scary. That in itself was a big discomfort practice because it's like when I ran my first half marathon, I don't know what I was doing other than just trying to finish. Because then when I ran my second half marathon, I was like, what the heck was I doing? I shaved off like 10 minutes from my time. But it was because I knew at that stage that I could do it. I could finish it. So that was kind of the same situation this year. Marta and I just very organically found that we wanted to be less silent. We both just felt very joyful. And to be honest, this year, the process felt very easy. I was expecting maybe a similar rhythm to last year, where the first day was quite intense and exciting, and then the second day was like, woof. It was like the meditation equivalent of eating my muesli, which I don't like muesli, so eating muesli is just because it's good for me. And then it got more fruitful in the last couple of days. But this year, it was just sort of very steady sailing, and I was really struck by what came up. There was definitely a recurring theme of seek joy, of feeling joy in my meditations, And a draw to do the things that are a pleasure, the things that bring pleasure. And also just a really clear theme that it's time to let things be easy, to be at ease. And that's something that is kind of counter to a lot of the more traditional sort of ascetic meditation traditions like Vipassana where it's about you don't move, you don't talk, you don't do anything but focus on the breath to just clear the way. And so this year, <laughs> rather than following that very rigid practice that is is great if that is what calls you and that's what you need. But instead of that, Marta and I allowed ourselves to really flow and go with what we both knew we needed. Because we have been on a journey together of having shared space to work and collaborate, of really learning to flow and be in what we refer to as our feminine, which is about intuition and flow. And so we we came to this together because if you haven't ever shared a space in meditating with someone, it's it's really quite special. You create energy together. You fill a room with energy together and you find you end up being very in sync. And so we both were in a space where we wanted to lighten up. We wanted this experience and needed this experience. And we're ready for this experience of intense meditation together to be full of joy. Because last year, it was about just being really present with grief and acknowledging the hardship of the previous year. But this year was about just letting ourselves be free to be the spicy, heart forward, joyful, zesty women that we are. So I did things like, I spent a session sitting in silence. And then for my next 40 minutes, I went and I just focused solely on painting and being very present and seeing what flowed out. We danced. I drew a lot of tarot cards to see what my inner intuition was saying the theme of my next meditation needed to be. Because actually, if you don't do tarot, if you think tarot, ah, scary, don't. I was introduced to tarot by a very wise and experienced executive coach years ago who uses them as a tool to see what your inner knowing is, what your inner intuition is. So I do tarot almost every day as part of my morning ritual. I have a coffee, I have my lemon water, I do my my face care, I sit and meditate, and I do tarot. That's my morning ritual. And I ask it questions because it's like writing a letter to yourself. If you've never done that, I highly encourage you to write a letter to the universe, which is really just to yourself. And then see what the universe says back to you and just get in a flow state and write things down. But it's the same for me with tarot. I ask it a question. It might be about my career. What do I need to know today as a good one? And you just draw one card and see what it is. And it's a chance to unlock your inner knowing, your higher self. So I used tarot for most of my sessions and it was beautiful because I got the same card quite a lot, which is unusual in a deck that's quite big. There are a lot of cards in a tarot deck. Um, And it... We let ourselves know things. That's my main message here. When you take the time to sit in silence, to sit and meditate, I did some guided meditations as well. I did some yoga nidra. It allows you to know things that busyness and distraction and lots of inputs sometimes mask or distract you from or simply just don't leave you the space and the silence to know. I was able to get back in touch with my intuition and my knowing and listen to what my body said about certain questions that I brought about, you know, what do I need to know about 2022? What was really interesting was that this is the first year of my life when I don't have intentions for the year ahead. I don't have things that I want to achieve. I don't have milestones. I don't have anything. What I have is something that I have learned the beauty of in 2021. And that is, how do I want to feel in my life this year? And I want to feel joy and I want to focus on doing the things that bring me joy because now I know those are the things that magnetize opportunities. Those are the things that magnetize the right people, my tribe, my collaborators, my love. And a word came up for me as well, which was rediscover. So I actually would put that out. Maybe that's your word for 2022, or maybe that's just your word for today. But think about it. Rediscover. Rediscover means going back to things that you already knew or already loved, or already found joy in. The things that help me to connect with myself. Who am I in there? Who have I forgotten that I am? My childlike curiosity. Rediscover the ease of simplicity. You know, living like a kid, you didn't worry about how much stuff you had. I just enjoyed running through the sprinkler in the summers in my favorite bathing suit, which I would have happily Lived in every day, slept in, worn all day, running around in the grass. Just the simplicity and the ease of simplicity of being childlike and rediscovering my own creativity. I've started to do that recently. I have started to paint, which I love because there's no pressure to be good at it. (laughs) And my partner, who is an artist, sat me down, set me up with some art supplies and was like, just try this. And I love it because it just allows me to be creative for the sake of being creative. And it's helped me to rediscover and remember that actually, I am quite creative. I've always made my own clothes. I've always been um, a musician, quite an accomplished classical musician, actually. I've always been someone who solves problems creatively. I love to cook because it's a creative process. So rediscovering that about myself... Rediscovering my body because as have many people, I have gained what some people call the quarantine 15 and it sucks because the clothes I want to wear don't fit and it's uncomfortable and I don't feel like this is my body. And so I'm going to rediscover my my athletic body, my abs, they're under there, I know, because I go to the gym a lot, they're there. And also just rediscovering the pleasure of a simple, quiet, home-centered life, which has been something I've started to do more and more this year, just really letting go of my social life. And I know a lot of my, my good friends have done the same, so I haven't seen a lot of people, and I know a lot of people haven't. We've just kind of shrunk our lives a bit. But I want to rediscover that pleasure even more because just remembering back to being a kid again. I didn't have, you know, a busy, huge life. I just, my life revolved around my family home and I loved it and it was comfortable and, you know, safe. As a kid, you feel safe. So rediscovering that. And then finally, rediscovering my own magic. You know, what's magic about me? I think all of that is just a really beautiful way to head into 2022 of what can I rediscover? Because it takes the pressure off to have to learn things and have learning objectives and classes you're going to sign up for things you have to accomplish. It's about looking inside and even looking back and thinking, what from the past is valuable for me? What about myself have I forgotten that I can rediscover? And I like that that idea of rediscovery because there's discovery in there. It's an adventure. It's light. Sort of take it easy, take it lightly, take it as playful. And so that is what came up for me in my five days of sitting still, spending five hours a day in meditation. If it sounds intense, it is. And I can reassure you, the dreams you have when you are doing that much work are insane. There's a lot of work being done. Your your brain is organizing things into long-term memory, short-term memory, creating new neural pathways, and it does definitely elevate your energy and your vibration, and the world responds to you differently. So I was going for little nature walks, but near my home in a city in Barcelona. And so there were people around. And what I noticed was people were smiling at me. Dogs were coming up to me. There was something about my energy that was just so pure and open and joyful that it drew people to me. So I'm not saying you have to do a five day meditation retreat, but I am saying it's a really beautiful way to just clear everything. It's like a grand version of restarting your computer or of reinstalling all of the stuff on your computer. It is resetting in a major way. And the things that come up, even if they're dark or heavy, they're not scary because they're the things that need to come up. Are the things that you haven't had time to have come up, but they need to. And this year was just such a pleasure. Those are the words I'll keep using over and over again. It was pleasure and joy and lightness and ease. And I have to say, 2021 was not a terrible year for me. 2020 wasn't a bad year for me, actually. It taught me so much. It really cleared space for me to step into things like spending more time by myself and acknowledging and understanding that I am actually quite an introvert in some ways, and I need that space. And also setting me up to be here. Setting me up to have done a lot of the work and have cleared things to be able to just be creative and to flow and to listen to myself more. And I know that that has set me up to do what I need to do in the world, to be more powerful in my purpose and in delivering it and in getting this message out to whoever needs to hear it. As you're listening to this, I want to thank you for vibing with me. I want to encourage you to continue to rediscover your own power and joy and self and just know that no effort is ever wasted. All of that work or that time that you're putting into rediscovering yourself, the dark bits, the light bits, it's always going to be productive. So let it be a pleasure, even when it's hard. Maybe make that one of the words for your pleasure. So thank you for being with me on this podcast, in this journey through my meditation retreat. Thank you for listening. And may your 2022 be a pleasure. Thanks for getting uncomfortable with me. If you enjoyed this episode, follow and like The Discomfort Practice wherever you listen to podcasts, leave me a five-star and written review, and share this with other people Help me to reach new audiences with this idea that consciously practicing discomfort helps us to individually and collectively discover our superpowers and create a society and a planet where everyone can thrive. Thank you so much to my guests all season. Go back and listen to a few more episodes to hear more of them. They are wonderful humans doing amazing things in the world. Thanks to my team who helped me produce this podcast, and for those who inspire me through their writing, their conversation, and their support. So that's all from me for now. Follow me on Instagram at Reed if you want to get to know me a bit better, some of my thoughts, and in the meantime, stay uncomfortable.